Welcome everybody to the Boiler Upload Podcast, brought to you by Reindeer Shuttle, because we all know that driving to the airport sucks. I was actually driving to Chicago on Saturday and passed a Reindeer Shuttle, so it was great to see them out in the wild, in action, looked like it was a nice, comfortable ride, and honestly, with the way that I was battling trucks on 65 on the way up to Chicago... I can see why you wouldn't want to drive to the airport. So visit our sponsor at ReindeerShuttle.com. They'll give you a ride to O'Hare or Indianapolis International Airport. How fast hey. was the bus going? Uh, probably about 65, 70. That's, that's a good corporate answer, Travis. Yeah. Well, I'm an old man. I drive all, I drive slow down on the highway. I'm not flying it back and forth out of those trucks. Never mind. That's fair. <laughs> That would be the voice of Casey Bartley, who has rejoined us on the podcast this week. How are you doing, Casey? I'm good. Did I miss the last one? Whoops. Uh, I think you missed the last one. Maybe the last two. I can't remember. No. That's probably true. <laughs> also with us tonight is uh, Jace Jellison. How are you doing, Jace? Doing well, Travis. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, tonight... We got lots of recruiting talk because it is May. There's no actual football or basketball going on, and we know those are our two meal ticket sports. So let's go to Jace with an update on the transfer portal as uh, Coach Walters has been not quite as active as Coach Dion, but he's bringing in a lot of guys. I'm liking it. Yeah, the they got two uh, commits over the weekend, or yesterday and now today by the time we're recording this. Um, brings the total up to 16 which I think could still grow, which um, we might talk about a little bit later. But um, getting into the guys that uh, Coach Walters and staff brought in uh, this weekend, Luke Griffin was the most recent of them. He committed today. Um, off at the lineman from Missouri, uh, played there for four years. Wasn't wasn't a starter, uh, wasn't a full-time starter. He played in 30 games, only started eight. And the majority of those came in 2021. Um, he's going to slide in at that. I mean, I, he can. He told me today when I talked to him that he can play either um, left guard, center, or right guard. So it gives him a little bit of position versatility. He spent most of his career at left guard. Um, he's only played sixty-seven snaps at right guard and five snaps at center. Um, so he he does have that versatility, but um, he's most likely going to stay at left guard or be a be a swing guard kind of. Um, but it was it was much needed um, for that offensive line just continuing to build that depth because that was something that coach Walters really put a premium on um, from the first minute he got there was, was trying to add to the offensive line depth and defensive line depth um, as well. But um, for a unit that lost Spencer Holstead, Spencer Holstead, Eric Miller, um, Sion Finau, Jared Bazinski and Cross Watson, um, they're, they're still working on trying to build that depth. And I, I could see them adding one or two more. Uh, potentially, because um, the tackle spots are kind of up in the air at, at this point. But I say Kyle's going to yell at me if I don't ask. Are we going to get a tackle? There's no current offers out for a tackle right now. Oh no! Can Purdue get a tackle, please? <laughs> but here's my thing: there, during the first week of spring practice, I was kind of scratching my head because I saw Marcus Bow taking snaps at right tackle. I think that that's a real possibility, and I think that's honestly pretty likely at this point because if you don't go with Mbo or Bo at right tackle, you're rolling with Daniel Johnson, who hasn't been able to get on the field in eight months, I think. Um, he tore his ACL against Maryland, sat out spring practice, 
didn't do winter workouts. Um, so you're kind of rolling the dice there. If you throw him in there and um, during fall camp, you kind of see what you got. But I think Marcus Bo, he's not going to be as successful as, as he would be if he stayed at right guard. But um, I think Purdue's kind of out of options um, on that front. So I think Bo's going to going to move the right tackle eventually. And thankfully, offensive linemen never get hurt. So it'll be oh, good. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, they have, they're bringing in one guy who has actual tackle experience, but the plan with him, Ben Farrell from Indiana Wesleyan, the plan with him was to move him into guard. And then I've heard recently that he's been working at um, center as well. So Purdue's vi- extremely thin on the outside, on the opposite side of, of potentially Bo would be Mohamed Musa and then Daniel Johnson, obviously, like I just talked about. And then another guy that was supposed to come in, was supposed to be a part of the 2023 class, Isaiah Walker. Um, he had some some holdups per se at his uh, <laughs> junior, at his junior college, so he's he's returned there to play one more year. So um, no current offers are out to any tackles that I know of, but um, I mean I would assume that they're they're going to go um, they're going to they're going to push hard to to land one here in the next few weeks. You don't need an offensive tackle in a run and shoot offense. <laughs> Just play another tight end. <laughs> it's tight ends all the way down. That's that's what they need to do. That is concerning to say the least. <laughs> but I mean, the staff has shown that their willingness to bring guys in and Travante Sylvester, which was a guy that they were targeting, pushing hard after he actually visited. Um, he just recently committed to Cal, so it's not for a lack of trying. Obviously, um, I think that they'll get one eventually here in the next few weeks before guys get to campus in June. Um, it'll just be whether or not it's a starting caliber tackle or another depth guy. Uh, he's going to have to be starting caliber at this point. <laughs> I still think I, – I truly believe that, that Marcus Bowe is going to be the starting right tackle on uh, September 2nd or 3rd, which, whatever the Fresno State game is. And who do we have at left? Mahamein Musa. Musa and Bo, okay. And then between them, it's going to be Jalen Grant, most likely at left guard, and then Gus Hartwig and Josh Kaltenberger, um, just depending on whether or not Gus Hartwig can get back in time for the season opener. Um, He was still really hobbled during spring practice, so I don't know. Uh, We haven't got an update on him yet, Um, but it will likely be one of those two guys starting at center. And then um, right guard is likely going to be Ben Farrell, uh, Luke Griffin or Preston Nichols, another guy that they brought in last week from UNLV. Um, he has he has some tackle experience, but that was at Charleston Southern, uh, which is an FCS school. So um, it, it's not like he has Big Ten experience. At, is that at a left or right bigger guard. or better school than Indiana Wesleyan? Yes. <laughs> I've seen Charleston Southern get blown out by Miami like 66 nothing. so it's kind of like it. I don't know. <laughs> I, like like I said though, I think for I mean you see it you see it in the NFL draft like we all watched the NFL draft uh, a couple weekends ago now. Um, a lot of guys that play tackle in, in college move inside um, and when they get to the NFL if they're if they're limited physically or, or what have you. So um, I think that could be that could be the situation for Ben Farrell. He comes in and, and slides in at tackle. But he was a he was a three-time all-conference tackle at uh, Indiana Wesleyan, so well, how about we, uh, you know, we still have Andre Oban on there. Is there any way that we can 
like talk his dad into coming in since he was a 12 year NFL <laughs> lineman as a tackle. <laughs> I don't know. Does he have any eligibility left? The NCAA is giving out extra years like it's going out of style. So, <laughs> except for Sean Stevens, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but that's neither here nor there. Oh man! So what other what other positions are we like? I like that we've gotten a new quarterback. We've gotten a couple of good receivers here. Everything seems to be shaping up uh, pretty well. I think. Don't you agree? Yeah, one hundred percent. I did want to talk about Ben Bennett Meredith. Um, he was the other transfer from this past weekend. Uh, played at Arizona State. He's a three star recruit coming out of college. He was actually supposed to go to the Big Ten West. He was committed to Northwestern for a couple months, um, but then he flipped a couple weeks before National Signing Day in 2021. Um, he's not necessarily the kind of the dual threat guy that, that Hudson Card is, but at this point, you just had to add bodies to that room because like Travis and I were talking about before, before we hopped on here, and I think you mentioned it last week, but the only guy who's ever completed a pass on the roster besides Hudson Card is Abdur Rahman uh, Yassin, uh, which was in the Citrus Bowl on a trick play. So... Um, a, a little bit of lack of experience in that quarterback room, but um, you just have to have an insurance policy back there at, at the very least. Um, with him, Kyle Adams, who was getting some te- second team re- second team reps um, during spring practice, and then Ryan Brown, uh, the true freshman, who who flashed some some good things, but um, obviously you don't want to be trotting a true freshman out there um, in the Big Ten West. Um, I do think it was really important for them to bring someone in, though, because um, Hudson Card, he's going to be asked to do a lot. He's going to put this offense on his back, and he's going to be running around. Graham Harrell and and Coach Walters have talked about how impressed they've been with his dual-threat ability. Um, He's dealt with some foot and ankle issues in the past. He he was hobbled last year after he came in for Quinn Ewers down at Texas. Um, He was able to play through that, but he had a a pretty bad foot injury uh, back in high school. Force him out for uh, the second half of his senior season. So he's got some injury history. I'm not saying that. I mean, you just never know, especially with a guy that's that's going to be running around the running around the field. You just you just never know. And um, so they had to bring somebody in at the very least. Injury, you know, injury history at quarterback with no offensive tackles. We have nothing to worry about. I mean, start buying tickets for the playoffs right now. <laughs> I will say that. Coach Walters and specifically Corey Patterson, um, since it's his room, they did Hudson Card a couple of favors uh, with these two wide receivers that they brought in, who I'm very, very, very intrigued by. Corey Gamage um, from Marshall and Jamal Edron from FAU. These are two guys that, in in my view, they're kind of taking the spot of Mershon Rice and Elijah Canyon as like the two starting guys, um, two bigger bodies, Eugen six, three and damage is six, four, but they're not, they're not the prototypical big, big tall dudes that, that aren't super athletic. You just throw it up to them in the red zone, things like that. Uh, both of these guys can run a full route tree, um, in their, in their respective offenses. They got a lot of screen passes they can create, um, after the catch. So, um, those are two guys that I'm very, very, very intrigued by. And, uh, I mean, I think they pay, they pay, pair extremely well with the two speedy guys that Brady's going to have on the inside and Deion Burks and TJ Sheffield, who I think TJ could could move um, into more of a slot role, which he – I mean, he did early in his career, but he really didn't last year. Um, 
And then, I mean, Gamage is Gamage is super reliable. He had a drop percentage of 1.9%, uh, which was almost a full percent better than Charlie Jones last year. And, and everyone marveled at, at how, how good a hands Charlie Jones had. Um, I think Purdue brought in two really talented guys that, that could end up having a, a Charlie Jones type season where they break out, break out for a thousand yards and, and uh, really will this offense. And I see Edron played uh, last year very briefly in the game for Florida Atlantic against Purdue. He had one catch for 39 yards. So he knows what he's doing at West Lafayette. And I mean, as a, as a retro freshman in an offense that really didn't throw the ball as much as they, as, as Purdue will, obviously um, they were 89th in the country in pass play percentage down at FAU uh, with Nikosi Perry down at quarterback. Um, and he did, he put up 570 yards um, six touchdowns and, and was second on the team in both both categories and that was as a as a redshirt freshman in offense that they didn't really throw all that much so I think he's he's a real breakout candidate for Purdue next year. Interesting, interesting. Uh, looking at our scholarship grid right now, I have us with four open spots after the uh, commitment today of Griffin. Aside from tackle, what are you hearing as uh, filling those four spots? Because I'm assuming we're going to use them. Yeah, most definitely. You're right. They're not letting those go to waste. Um, I th- I still, even though they brought in four cornerbacks, I still think you got to go out and get another one because um, I uh, I think that they need to get another cornerback because they only have they have three guys coming in, really two that actually have playing experience, and then the only returning cornerback that's on scholarship is Jamari Brown. So you don't have that guy that's that's really been there, done that outside of those three. They bought in um, Batros Alessandro and, and Braxton Myers. Braxton Myers was a four-star recruit. He's going to be a true freshman, so he could potentially play. He had a he had a pretty high billing coming out of high school. But um, Alessandro, I, I, I'm not I'm not too sure that he's going to be able to make an impact this year. He might. I don't know if it'll be a redshirt year just out of necessity. But um, he's a guy that'll probably be on the back burner and then potentially um, see his role grow. Um, in the next couple of years. Well, that's good. Uh, just get a tackle. That's what mm-hmm. we need. <laughs> get a tackle. If you were, if you happen to be six foot seven and about three hundred and twenty pounds, anywhere near the Lafayette area, please contact Coach Ryan Walters. <laughs> All righty. Well, with uh, that sounds so good on the transfer portal. Let's uh, take a look at some basketball recruiting, shall we? Uh, we actually have news on that front, don't we, Casey? Raleigh Burgess, the next uh, center. He's not a seven-footer. No. Um, depending on where you look and who you ask, he's somewhere between six eight and seven-foot. So I, I would put him at about 6'10". Hard to tell. Last time I saw him, he was in a walking boot. Um, he was at a practice on a visit with his mother. Um it's always weird when a kid gets injured mid-season in high school because any of that, you know, momentum they were going to build or any giant run that they would make while eyes are on them kind of just go away. And unless you're already 100% convinced on a guy, it's pretty easy for coaches, especially if they're not in your backyard, to go kind of see other players. But I think Matt Painter's always done a really good job of guys that he wants regardless of what happens, you know, on the macro level or with injuries, he's going to stick with them, which is what sounds like it happened with Raleigh. Uh, He is a multi-talented big, can play inside, outside. He has a really good set shot, but he's also comfortable playing inside, rebounds the ball well, has long arms, and is not afraid to play with the back to the basket. Obviously, that's something Purdue has done. Um, 
but also at the same time, as much as traditional post play is a Purdue staple, Caleb first, Drake Hoffman, Wren, William Berg, those are all signs that Painter is looking for more versatile big men. He wants them to be able to move, to shoot, uh, to play a little bit inside out. And Riley Burgess definitely fits that mold. And you never love seeing a guy have foot issues um, or any lower extremity as a big man, but obviously they're not that worried about it. I believe it was just a broken leg. So should heal <laughs> fairly easy. It's not, you know, not an ACL or not a foot bone, something like that. Um, but yeah, four-star kid, top 80. 2024 is setting up to look like another big painter class. And Burgess is a nice addition um, to Jack Benter and, you know, the 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 bell of the ball right now, Cannon Catchings. Oh, yes. You got you to gotta keep Catchings on there. Uh, looking at the same scholarship grade that we keep, that is the last year that we could have COVID years. Uh, mm-hmm. In theory, Mason Gillis, Ethan Morton, and Zach Eady could all be back for that season extremely unlikely you get all three of them back. And I know that um, Coach Painter's still actively recruiting a few other guys out there, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, there are two players that I'm on high alert, alert for that I would think Purdue has a good chance of landing. The first is obviously uh, Travis Perry, um, guard out of Kentucky. Me and Jace actually went and saw him, what was it, three or four weeks ago, um, playing with the Indiana Elite. You know, he's on your he's on your Badunga squad and he's not a crazy athlete. He's not I wouldn't call him a pure point guard just because he kind of blends the skill of both guards really well. Has a good jump shot. His best attribute is just how willing and quickly he passes the ball and moves it. And if you are gonna fill out a roster of guys like Miles Colvin and Cannon Catchings um, and Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer. You really need guards that's that are not going to let the ball stick. That are going to get get offense in a flow, get everyone moving, open up the court. And Travis Perry is perfect for that. Um, comfortable with the ball in his hand or without it. And the other is I always forget Harris's first name. Jakari. 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 Uh, the other guy is uh, obviously Big Dog's son, Jakari Harris, six three, six four guard. Um, Good at getting to the hoop. Really good pace to his game. Not a crazy explosive athlete. Don't picture Glenn Robinson dunking all over everyone. Obviously, once in a lifetime athlete there. But very comfortable attacking the ball at all three levels. Good jump shot. Good size. Good length. I I mean, that is a knockout recruiting class if you can grab all five of those in one season. That is That would be entirely filling your shelves with a whole lot of talent going forward. And uh, obviously, you still got Badunga out there. I'm not sure what chances we have, if any, at this point. But you know, I will say every every time I see him, and every time I see him away from Kokomo, he looks better and better. Mm-hmm. I think he would be a no brainer if he said, "I, I want to come to Purdue." You make space for him. I think he is that good. Um, I think he feels the game a lot better than he's allowed to at high school. Um, when it's moving, when he's got players around him, he's pretty good at knowing where to be, where the ball needs to go. So yeah, he's, he's a slam dunk. I'm still painter still believes that he, uh, towards the end of last season, he still believed he was in the mix. I'm sure he is in the mix, but I would definitely still 
lean towards him going to Cincinnati. I, I tend to agree with you there, but never say never, I guess. <laughs> I mean, talk about someone that would fill a niche spot that Purdue has not had. They've had athletes at the five, um, but pretty much you can argue that Jawan Johnson was the last athlete five that really hit. Um, Dow never hit all the way. Jaquil Taylor never hit all the way. Injuries or whatever else got in the way. They've not really been able to get that big athlete, that that giant rim protector that can move and really find a spot for them. I would argue it's not really a need. I think Trey Kaufman, Caleb First, uh, William Berg, Burgess, the, the, that is a that is a good enough backbone of big men that you don't need to add that archetype in there, especially you, I think we've seen enough with painter. If you are not a above average, just intelligence offensively, you're not going to stick around. No, the offense for good and bad. So have you heard anything for any potential 2025 commits? Uh, I know it's never too early. It's a little early. Yeah. There's a German kid we just offered that's playing in the Maryland area. He's, I'd say he's pretty similar to Burgess plays a little inside out, not a huge, crazy athlete, um, but a good prospect, definitely a down low guy. Like he'll play gritty and uh, nothing is jumping off crazy. I will say, um, Jack Pinter is gearing up for the All-Star, so is Caden Catching. So we're going to see a lot of Purdue guys in a few weeks. Pinter is suffering from a back injury right now. Um, ended up playing in Fort Wayne at their AAU tournament this last weekend. Uh, his dad described to me, looked good the first two games and then looked like a 70-year-old man for the rest. Uh, Ooh. So he's resting for a week ahead of the uh, All-Star, but it's going to be fun to watch him and Catchings. Uh as much as 2025 happens, you know, ahead of time, I, I really think the momentum and those calls are really going to, it's really going to depend a lot on what Purdue does in this next season. I think Miles Colvin's play is going to make a big difference. Purdue's tournament's going to make a big difference. Does Edie come back for one more year? I. It's just 2025 is so far away right now. <laughs> like we are still pulling together 2024 pieces and 25 isn't like we're not looking at a miles Colvin right now. Um, it, it's not people that are tied into Purdue in a way that would be obvious right now. So it's definitely more of a, a wait and see. These are some interesting names. And then, you know, painter by the time he's already got his handful of guys that he's going to want to go after. Yeah, and obviously you also still have two in-state guys of uh, Trent Sisley and uh, Jalen Harrelson. I've seen Harrelson play in person, and wow, he would do Sisley as well. Uh, I mean, Harrelson is a big bully guard and, like, all the athlete you would ever want, 100%. Trent Sisley is a Kummel-level efficient offense, potentially. I have never seen a kid that young be that polished with footwork in the post. He has crazy Dirk step backs, spin moves, a motor that does not stop. Um, his father played some basketball. He is an absolute star. He is Caleb first level athleticism with Hummel shooting. Ooh, it's it's scary. 
If there was anyone that I would put on my wish list, he's top of the list. Nice. Nice. I like, I like that. And for those looking for a way to see some of these guys in uh, in the upcoming season, not a lot of high school schedules out yet, but the Hall of Fame tournament in Newcastle on December 30th is going to be a good one. I assume you're going to be there. You have Kokomo with Badunga playing uh, Crispus Addicts. I'm sure Crispus Addicts has some really good talent on there. And then at in the second game, you have Benter of Brownstown Center going against Cannon Catchings of Brownsburg. So I, so I was... I was hanging around a game where this this game was first being discussed, and I was very excited about because Kanan is an interesting one because when you watch him, he's I think we've both seen him put on twenty points in about five minutes of action. I think everyone here has. Mm-hmm. He also disappears at times. Jack Benner does not disappear from a court. Um, that high school team is based around him shooting and he will shoot from all angles at all times. Oh yeah. That is a fun back and forth. Those are two of the best shot makers. And I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, they'll both be in the top five for Mr. Basketball next year. Yeah. I, uh, I, we saw Benter, I know in the semi state and mm-hmm. he was almost pushing a little bit too much there, but he kind of had to, and he still nearly dragged him back into the game. And then that was, a, uh, that was a good Linton Stockton team he was playing. That was a very good team. And then uh, Catchings, I know, I saw him against Zionsville, and he, like you said, he kind of disappeared, but he had two of the biggest shots of the game. And then I watched on YouTube when they played Kokomo in the in Kokomo's holiday tournament, and he put on one. Of, he, I think, he had thirty eight in that game, and it was one of the twenty four and a quarter. Yeah, it was it was impressive, and he took it to. Badunga on both ends of the floor. So that that's honestly the best game I've seen Catchings play yet. So I'm, I'm very excited to get him signed and on board. I, so I saw Catchings four or five times. I never watched him not get protected on defense because he had a point guard that was about as long and athletic as he is, a little mm-hmm. shorter. Um, I think Diallo is his name. Diallo, yeah, yeah. Well, he's, going to, he's going down to Marion. Did he finally find a school? Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Like the kid a lot. And he took on the, he took on Sicily when they played Sicily. Um, he helped on Padunga inside. Like he was the guy that took on all the perimeter threats every time I've seen them play. So it'll be interesting to see if catchings takes on a little bit more of that role next year. And if he gets the Benter assignment, because that is a fun back and forth. Cause no. if you look at anything with catchings, you worry about that frame and how that's going to handle. We we've seen, we've seen guards get bullied and he's got great length, great that athleticism, but he is a twig right now. So how does he handle, you know, it, Benter is not huge, but he's got good size, six, four, six, five, decent burst, good athleticism. He will take it at you. And that is a, that is a fun one-on-one matchup which they'll be playing together in about three or four weeks, taking on a uh, Kentucky all-stars. Yeah, that'll, that'll be good win. We'll see if we can get somebody there. Cause you got the junior senior all-star game going on. <sighs> it's exciting time. It's exciting time. It's you're pulling me back in mm-hmm. after what happened in Columbus. Damn it. I, this is an addiction. I need help. <laughs> well, <laughs> all our expectations will be, uh, we'll have an idea in about three weeks. When Edie makes his decision, Purdue's, mm-hmm. Purdue's entire 
you try not to be dramatic, but the entire shape of the program could change off of that one decision. No, he I comes back. He comes back, and last season sucks, but it also gets erased because they will be a top three team. And everything that everyone wished they would have done this season, they will have an even better chance of doing this year. They're not playing true freshman point guards. So that's the table set. 2024 looks great. 2023 could look really good. And 2025 is still too far out to say. That's how, that's how we'll sum it up. Oh, my. Well, I, I think that's the best way to, uh, to end this podcast tonight before I start piddling on the parade with my mopiness and general <laughs> <laughs> my general Debbie Downerness. So, Jace, do you have any final thoughts before we cut this off tonight? Two things I want to touch on. I didn't want to cut off Casey, though. Um, the, transfer, the transfer portal closes on March 11th, which will be in two days by the time. May we 11th? Yeah, May 11th, excuse me. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't see anybody leaving. Obviously, Casey would know better than, than I would, but um, that's always a possibility. And then I'm going to one-up Casey on, mm. his, on his prediction about um, Cannon and Jack Minter being in the top five. I think they'll be – both of them will be in the top three. Okay. Harrelson will be the other. Harrelson can't do it. And he would be twenty-five. Oh, unless yeah, it's unless only seniors. If Flory somehow goes to La Lumiere, like I've been saying he should for a while, I think he's not. I could get it. But my, my sources say he is not going to La Lumiere. So does it have to be a senior? Yes, it has to be a senior. So it's it's going to be Badunga, Catchings, or Venter, I'm betting. Those are easily the top three in the state next year. So, And like Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, the only roster, if Edie does – I don't want to put this out there because this is based on nothing substantiated or said by any of the players. I think there's one player each way – that if Edie comes back or Edie leaves, it could trigger another movement. Hmm. I, I think one's really obvious mm-hmm. just because if Edie comes back, the same big man issue is a big man issue this year. They're going to be on the bench. Do you want to spend another season doing that? Fair question to ask. Mm-hmm. And if he goes, just saying it might not be as, it might be a lonely place in West Lafayette. I think we know what you're talking about. Casey, I hear like, hints. I, I, <laughs> I don't think, I don't believe it either way. I really don't. I'm just saying those are the two variables that could, the only thing that I see that could upset this roster in any, any fashion right now. Well, that and I'm announcing right now that I am coming out of retirement. I have four years of eligibility. So if you want a slow old white guy out there to brick threes, I'm your man. <laughs> Travis, there's a dude that was older than you that played college football. He played one snap. But... Oh, man. Now, now we're getting easier to hide on. Oh, How, man. What do we have to do to make that happen? <laughs> oh, no. What do, wild, what do we want Travis at? Fullback? Linebacker? <laughs> Maybe kicker. I don't know. I'll give that a shot. Mm. Anyway, 
So with that in mind, we do thank you for listening. Uh, once again, we thank our sponsor, Reindeer Shuttle, for paying us to tell people to not drive to the airport. But they know what they're doing. They're great. At we the speed limit. Yes, at the speed limit. limit. Get you there nice and safe. So with that in mind, for Jace, for Casey, I am Travis Miller. We do thank you for listening and boiler up. Boiler up.